It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am not a natural born salesperson, but I figured out how to be one. Mm -hmm. And I do not believe that that people can't become a good salesperson or have a good sales side hustle. Right. And there's a lot of people that want to make more money but don't know how to. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people who are riddled with student debt and can't right. figure out how to get a mortgage on their first home. Right. So there's a lot of issues out there that can be fixed with a simple idea of learning how to sell one thing to one person. And if right. you can do it one time, you can do it again. You can do it again. You can do it again. What if I told you there was more to the story behind game-changing events? Get ready for my new podcast, That Moment with Damon John. We'll jump into the personal stories of some of the most influential people on the planet, from business moguls and celebrities to athletes and artists. Ryan, thank you for being here. Thanks Appreciate it. it. All right. Well, for, for, for those who don't know, and I didn't even know half of this stuff, which really is great, you know, um, obviously you're on Million Dollar Listings in New York. You're from Houston, and you, I think you did, um, you studied, uh, what did you study in Houston? As being an actor. And after a while, you know, it just didn't really work out or, you know, 
Uh, you're struggling to support yourself, and then you move to New York, and you're a million dollar listing. I know that obviously I just compressed the whole. That is bunch basically of stuff. my life. Yeah, <laughs> right, right there. Um, but I want to get into some stuff. I want to, you know, um, I know you have a book, and uh, I, I've had the honor of putting a little stuff in there. Yeah, thank you very much. No, no, it was really my pleasure. But I want to get back to uh, first of all, you know, tell me a little bit about you growing up and you know your struggles as an actor or trying to be an actor, mm -hmm. and then, then let's bring it all the way back to coming to New York. Uh, so I was born in Houston. I didn't live there that long. I was okay. born uh, in a house on a mattress. Really? Yeah, outside Houston. And then uh, we moved, and I grew up a little bit in Long Island, and then basically grew up outside Boston. Okay. Um, and the only thing I ever really liked was theater. I think because I just was awful at sports and I just wasn't great in school, uh, no matter how hard I tried. And then I went to college in upstate New York and majored in theater and English literature. Where upstate? Hamilton College. Ha okay. Yeah, liberal arts school. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I thought I should be a lawyer because when you go to a liberal arts school, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Or go to business school uh -huh. or go to pre-med or do something like that, get a real job. And so I took the LSAT, totally bombed it. <laughs> got uh, like three points above the lowest score and used that as like a convincing... <laughs> three points below the... Three points above the lowest oh, score, okay, sorry. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. like a 147 or something right. terrible. Right. And then I basically went to my parents. I was like, see, look, I, I'll, like, I should go to New York. I'll use the savings I have from working, in, uh, from working as a contractor's laborer for eight summers and try to survive as an actor in New York City. And I'll make... $40,000, I think that's what I had saved at the time. I'll make that last like 10 years, right? Because that's a lot of money. Right, right, right. And I'll, uh, I'll be the next Brad Pitt. 4000 a year, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really know how things worked right. at the time. Now, did you, did you intentionally try to bomb? Uh, no, not really. Or... I mean, I studied really, really hard for that thing. Okay. Um, took all the classes, all the pre-tests, everything. I just wasn't a great test taker. And mm -hmm. yeah, my heart wasn't in it, but it was definitely tough. And then I came to New York City, tried to be an actor. I had to figure out how to be my own boss because a lot of people who come to the city to try to be an actor are, you know, you're technically unemployed. Yeah. And then trying to figure out like what you do during the day, Monday sure. through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, how to pick yourself up in the morning and work and what the work actually is, is hard. Mm -hmm. So I had to teach myself how to do that. Um, I did a little like hand modeling to pay the bills. Actually. Really? Yes. Well, I, I held phones for AT&T. Uh, AT uh -huh. And they would paint my hands to look like different countries. And I was a pretty successful hand model for a little really? while. Yeah. Yeah. They paid me like a hundred. Hand model business. Yeah. Huh? hundred. Like I would hold cups like this. Uh-huh. And then, you know, really, really flex the fingers and right, be like, right. boom. But they'd cut my face out. Uh-huh. You know? And so I did that. You Actually, there, one of my, there is a job for everybody out there. Huh? One of my first modeling jobs I did in the city, and I was absolutely awful at it, was for FUBU. And really? I, yes. For yeah. my company? Yes in 2006 and they were the worst photos ever my my forearms i think at the time were really hairy and it was like wearing a t-shirt or like a collared shirt i don't think they ever got used anywhere wow yeah 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 i remember that distinctly though because i just was like a i just did not belong. do we still own the rights to your image uh, maybe you should look for that yeah we're gonna look that up <laughs> yeah, so right. it was forever That's fascinating. ago yeah it was so Why didn't weird they tell me that I before all right I just, anyway guys. i just remembered um yeah, I did one there and then one for, I don't even remember. But, uh, and then I got on a soap opera. I did As World Turns for a little bit. And then they killed me off when the writer's strike happened in 2007. They killed you? Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, I basically killed myself in a, in a tussle with my grandmother. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was, a big, it was a bad day for me. 
you had a fight with Nana and then you killed yeah, yourself? Yeah, well, my aunt, she stepped in and like took a, like a swing and then the syringe that I was like, killing people with, took it to my own neck. It was a whole thing. It's still on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and, then I, and then I ran out of money. And then it was the summer of 2008 and it was either go home to Colorado or get a survival job. Uh -huh. But I just knew that everybody who had survival jobs, it just becomes your job, right? And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to put myself in that survival position. Job. Yeah, like become a waiter or a bartender. Got it. Okay. You okay. Know? I thought like, you meant go home to Colorado and like work the ski slope or something like that. No, no, no. If people... I went to Colorado, I'd, I'd be painting fence for right. like hours on end. But then I got my real estate license because a friend told me to. It was 2008, like the middle. So the market hadn't fallen out yet. And so sure. it was like the greatest thing in the world to be a real estate agent. Uh -huh. They said, you know, you could just, you could sell apartments on Craigslist. It was super easy. Uh -huh. So I got my license and my first day was September 15th, 2008, the day Lehman Brothers fought for bankruptcy. And now I still do it to this day. That's fascinating. So you went from sucking as a student <laughs> to sucking as an actor. Yeah to going into an industry that had hit rock bottom, I mean, as low as it has hit in decades. Yes. Would you think that you had nothing to lose and that was why you kept going? Because that could be, that could be pretty um, tough. Pretty tough. Like you, a lot of people would go for, as you call it, a survival job after that yeah. and say, you know what, everything I do, it could actually give you a really bad outlook on life in general. Sure. Right? What 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 gave you the drive to then keep going in an industry at that time that the professionals who had businesses successful businesses for years were dead? Yeah. What gave you that drive? Uh, a couple things. I mean, first, in hindsight, it was the best time for me to get into the business because I um, because I had nothing to lose, like you just said. Sure. I ran out of money, so yeah. I had to make money somehow. A lot of people who were really hurt in the financial crisis and in the Great Recession were people who had lifestyles to uphold. Yeah. You know, how do you pay your rent? How do you pay your mortgage? How do you pay for your kid's tuition if you aren't bringing in any money anymore? Sure. For me, I was making my money getting paid $150 an hour to wear your shirts. Right. 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 So, like, I knew how to make money in different ways and survive and pay my rent. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was able to kind of crawl up from the bottom. And I just thought the business was super hard. I just thought, wow, no one can get loans. Wow, people lose their jobs all the time. This is just a really hard business. So it didn't really affect me the way it affected everybody else because I had nothing to lose. Right. And then, you know, I think that when I was a little kid, even though my first goal was to be an actor and that was where my passion was, yeah. I really kind of chose success first. You know, and I said, I'm going to give it my best shot. But no matter what happens in life, I want to be successful and the career will figure itself out. And if it's not acting, it's gonna be something else. If it's not as a lawyer, it'll be something else. And I think that's where a lot of people that I talk to anyway, kind of get mixed up. That they have this idea of who they wanna be or the kind of company they wanna build or the type yeah. of job they wanna have. And then when that doesn't work out, it becomes like a brick wall. And right. then, they, then, they, then they get pissed off. Then they have that kind of defeatist attitude and they just treat the rest of the world terribly. Whereas for me, not, not passing the LSAT and going to law school was a speed bump, right? Not mm -hmm. making it as an actor was a speed bump. Not doing well in school, speed bump. And then real estate was just another path that I never anticipated to go down. 
but my years of trying to be an actor actually prepared me pretty well for because it's a lot of memorization. It's a lot of improv. It's a lot of just talking to people on your feet and you have to be okay with rejection. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. It's a lot of memorization, it's a lot of improv, it's a lot of just talking to people on your feet, and you have to be okay with rejection. And as an actor, you get rejected to your face. Right. In real estate, no one has ever not taken an apartment or a home because of my face. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And so for me, I was able to... So it wasn't as personal. Yeah. 82% of the real estate agents who get into the business in New York City quit within 12 months because they can't take the rejection. And there's no salary. They can't pay their rent. They can't figure out how to live if they don't know where the next paycheck is coming. But for me, I'd been in New York City for two years already. I didn't have a salary. I was used to just kind of scrounging by, and I was used to being in a business where I was rejected to my face every single day. So real estate, honestly, wasn't that bad. Well, you know, as you said, you 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 knew the job or the career would figure it out, but you want to be successful. What was your, when you didn't have anything, what was your measuring stick for success? What, what do you feel, what you, what did you feel would be the ideal successful person? Honestly, at the time, it was, I never, I wanted to be successful enough that I never had to think about money. You know, I never wanted to be nervous about money. And when I lived in New York City, I was nervous about money every day. I mean, right. I was always trying to figure out how is I going to pay rent? You know, I, I remember sitting on the subway, you know, having my credit card declined at Food Emporium on 59th Street and just like my eyes welling up, not knowing what to do. Should I call yeah. my parents? Like, yeah. This sucks. I hate New York. I hate this. You know, what a, just kind of like letting that become a disease. And, you know, I wanted to run as far away from that point as I possibly could. But you know what? You know, let's let's think about as you would step back for a second and talk about people's lifestyles. A lot of people, no matter how much money they have, they're still worried about money. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because their their theory of it is, OK, at first, I don't want to worry about money. But then all of a sudden. They have a, a huge mortgage. They may want a bigger boat. They yeah. may want more cars. They want to hang out in different areas, right? So, uh, it's all you know, relatives. yeah, exactly, right? So, did you was your mindset always I just want a modest life and I uh, don't want to worry about money? And then, as you gain more and more success, you kept that discipline of having a modest life and putting away something here. Yeah. Then being able to do whatever you want to do. I mean, I think so. You know, I. Not an overspender, yeah. you know, and I'm always terrified that the real estate market will crap out and that I'll be screwed. And so we take things like very, very modestly, like you said. Um, and, you know, I grew up like really trying to understand like the value of a dollar. And my parents made this work all of the time, right. made us like pick up sticks in the yard for a couple bucks an hour mm-hmm. just so that I could understand like what it means to work for your money. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. So now let's 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 move ahead. You're 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 starting to make your way in the real estate world, and uh, you know, 
Bravo comes along. Uh, you know, tell me about right before Bravo came along. You know, give me a snapshot of your life at that time. At that time, so it was the beginning of 2010 when they first started casting for the show. Yeah. I wasn't in love with real estate. Like, okay. I didn't grow up falling in love with crown moldings and Victorian right. houses, right? right, right? right, right. It, wasn't, it wasn't in my blood. Uh -huh. And I wasn't a born salesperson either. Like I was overweight, shy, terrible skin. I was introvert. Like I, I wanted to do theater so I didn't have to be myself at school. Like right. that's why I got into it. That's, I mean, I know that now. You were overweight, shy, with terrible skin? Yeah. Well, now we know why you didn't get the FUBU pictures uh, that didn't yep. work out. I mean, you shouldn't have been modeling in the first place at that point. I kind of cleaned myself up a little bit when I moved to the city. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, so I, I, at that time, beginning in 2010, I was looking at business school options. I thought about maybe going back to NYU or going to Columbia to get like a master's of real estate or trying to figure out something to do with kind of the two years of experience that I had at that time, renting okay. and trying to sell apartments. And then there was an open casting call at the Hudson Hotel. And I went with 3,000 agents and they picked three. With 3,000 uh, 3, real estate agents and they picked up. three. Yeah. And was, why did they pick you? I mean, obviously, you know, seeing you today and seeing how, um, you know, how skilled you are, smart, and how you obviously, you know, know what you're doing now. Yeah. It's great, but, you know, you were only in the business two years. Yes. Right? Yeah. Was it part of the theater that, you know, that, that helped you yeah. bring this power to you? Or what was it? Yeah, I think it was... I mean, life has a funny way of coming back around, yeah. right? So even though I had quit, technically, the acting business two years prior, I, you know, I spent 24 years of my life thinking I was going to be an actor and studying it. And I was on a soap opera and I did other student films and things and I had been on stage a lot. So I, I knew how to carry myself in front of cameras. And when I went into that open casting call, I knew what they were looking for and I gave them exactly what they wanted. And I think a lot of people just didn't know what to do. And, you know, I, I knew what role I kind of had to fit. And that's who I was. And then they whittled it down and whittled it down and whittled it down. And then I just went for broke. And then I had to figure out how to be a real estate agent, like for real. Right. Yeah. So that whole first season, if I watch it back, which I will never do, <laughs> I, I think every episode I'm like the most stressed out real estate agent ever because I'm like trying to figure out like how to do this business yeah. competing up against like two very big, very established brokers. What do you think, you know, on a side note, what is it about Bravo that picks people who are really good business people? I mean, obviously Bethany, uh, my, my guy, Josh Altman, yeah. Altman Brothers, you, yeah. I mean, people who are they, 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 they find a way of really finding people before they've hit that mark. But these people are usually really great business people. What do you, what is it with Bravo? Why do they, how do they have that eye? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think they look for, I think they look for people who are business savvy because you have to be able to survive to do these shows. Yeah. You know, even like, Andy, of course, yeah. another great business person. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you have to, I think they look for with people with amazing energy. And if yeah. you have amazing energy, you can be a good business person. Yeah. And if even if you're bad, you have great energy to find somebody else who is good enough uh -huh. to help you. And I think they have a good kind of like nose for that. But not everybody who's on Bravo is a great business person. No, not everybody. But they they uh, they have spawned a really good amount of yeah. people that are you know game changers. You know. Uh, all right. So now you're 
a reality star. Now, I, I, I know that that word sometimes makes other people cringe, but a lot of people don't think about it. Listen, the Kardashians are the number one Google fa family on the planet. You yeah. know, Donald Trump is president. You yeah. know, yeah, I'm well, a shark now, yeah. thank God, right? And you got Bethany, you got a lot of people that are, and you yourself, you got a lot of people that are it's doing- the new world, you know? Yeah, they're, 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 they're changing, they're breaking the model, right, out there. And um, now you're a reality star and, uh, you know, and you're selling real estate and you're inspiring people and educating people. What is your life like today? Today, um, you know, today I run a large real estate team of about 62 people. Uh, we were just named the number one real estate team in New York. Mm -hmm. I think we're number two in the country. Nice. Um, as of like two weeks ago. Nice. Um, Congratulations. That's, thank that's, you. That's a big accomplishment. Yeah. So we. Uh, so my life today is basically being the CEO of my real estate team uh -huh. and prospecting and driving as much business to my team as we possibly can and selling. Like right before this, I was in an appointment mm -hmm. showing an apartment. Right after this, I'm going to mm -hmm. go show another apartment. So like that's and is what all I do. That, is all that film? Because you know, you no. and I were talking about the you know how long filming takes. You know, me it takes two weeks. Yeah. Right now, don't get me wrong, the two weeks of filming is intense. However, it's the six months of having to close the deals and operate the companies every year that takes a long time. But you're, you're filming eight or nine months, right? Yeah, we film basically August to June. And so do they, do they, are they with you like when you go and show no. places regularly? No, we have, uh, we tell them what properties we think should be followed, yeah. right? Because every episode, for the most part, follows a different listing. Yeah. And then they follow it when we have something happening. You know, they don't okay. show every single showing, but they'll, sh they'll show the open houses. They'll show the, the meetings with the developer. So today I'm not showing anything that has to do with anything we're following on the show. So they're not with me. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. 
I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Today, I'm not showing anything that has to do with anything we're following on the show, so they're not with me. Okay, because I would wonder, how do you have time to obviously be with your family, run 62 people, company, the privacy of the people who want to have listings and they're like, I, I don't, I don't want to be part of the show and that yeah. stuff, and then film all that time. I and mean, it sounds like a pretty hectic schedule, if you ask me. Yeah, and throw on top of it, you know, that I just wrote a book that yeah. took me forever to write. Write a and book, book tour. At the same time, we made Sell It Like Serhant, which is a spinoff show that is airing on Bravo right now on Monday nights. And so that show took a lot of time to make because it was very different. It was as a coach and kind of as a counselor to people in different jobs who were sucking at right. selling. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, so how do you find time to do all that? You know what? A couple years ago, um, I was so busy and so stressed out, and I told my wife that should we wait for the siren or is it cool? No, you know, people know we, we right, shoot in it. New York, and you know, you know we I, film all the time, and we always have to wait for sirens. So my brain is like, wait for sirens. Yeah, and by the way, whoever whoever's watching in New York, this is normal. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife told me to stop complaining. She's like, you know who's busy? Obama. Yeah. And for some reason, that stuck in my head. So I was like, you know what? You're right. The president is probably more busy than me. 
Yeah. And why? And he's having dinner with his wife. Damn it. Good I need point. to figure out time management better. Right. And so I had to really, really look at how I leverage the work that I do on the team that I have. Right. And leverage my time to make sure that all I do every day is only things that I can personally do. If there's anything that's going on during the day that somebody else that works for me or that works with me can do, they should do that. That like I can only be here with you. You wouldn't right. be here with someone else on my team. Correct. Everything so else you, that's so, happening so in my so life you is being done by other people. You, you're, you're trying to master delegation. Yes. It's all about leverage and delegation and making sure that my team knows what they're supposed to do and then taking a step back a little bit. Right. You know? So but you know, how do you find power? or what empowers you in your business life and in your personal life? Good question. Power. You know, I, I don't think I'm that powerful. Um, power to me is confidence, right? And confidence is then knowledge. And so like even when I first started in the business, I had no power. I was brand new. I didn't even own a suit. Like right. I, show, I was showing apartments up and down New York City, walk up four bedrooms that were you know, split out of a one bedroom in cowboy boots. Right. Because those were my nicest shoes I had. Uh -huh. I couldn't wear like gym shoes. Um, and because I had no experience, I had to figure out how I was gonna have power in a situation with a client and have confidence. And so I just memorized as much information as I could. So, and I knew that other brokers relied on their experience versus what they actually knew. And so if I was showing an apartment on this block right here, I would memorize all of the information about every single building. I'd look up who lived everywhere so that when I walked down the street with somebody, I would be able to point and tell them everything that they never knew and couldn't even Google. And so then they would look at me and say, wow, you look young, but you know what you're talking about. You've been doing this for a long time, mm -hmm. right? And I'd look at my watch and be like, yep, been a while. Uh-huh. And so... I think that's very powerful. I think that, you know, um really uh, studying the market and environment, your subject, even if it had to be two hours prior to that is powerful. You know, a lot of people walk into some place unprepared. Yes. I think what preparation is, it, is power. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. They say uh, they say, uh, you know, most crimes are, are, are most of the criminals are caught because they never thought about how to get away. Yeah. They just jumped into it and never yeah. actually thought about how to get away. Right. And you you're thinking about how to get away. Always. <laughs> right. Um, and then in my personal life, I think the same thing. You know, I think it's preparation as well. You know, it's, it's like thinking forward. It's thinking right. about, you know, how do we make date night different? You know, it's thinking about, you know what, I should be a little bit late and clean up the dishes and take out the trash today because she's going to really appreciate that. You know, that little bit there and coming home half an hour early and surprising her when she's had a long day. Like that preparation as a husband and same thing goes for being a friend. Um, for the little time I have for my friends goes a long, long way. And I think gives me power in the relationship or in the bedroom, you know? Yeah. Listen, uh, you know, I can learn from that. I think that, um, being very considerate on how your buyer feels, your wife feels, or your friend feels, instead of it just being a very selfish, uh, act, uh, is very powerful. You know, everybody yeah. wants to feel special, right? Yeah. And I think that that little half an hour you took to make her feel special. Yeah. Buys me time. Goes a long way, right? <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Exactly. All right. So I, th I, th I think we can all learn from that. And 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 now you're you know, seller like Sir Hand is is uh, going to empower other people. What do you? How are you empowering other people to sell, to be a better person, to be more effective? I mean, a big reason that I did the show because I didn't have to. Right. right. I mean, we sell a lot. 
Like yeah. I didn't have to do a TV show where I'm helping Amanda sell hot tubs in Long Island. Right. I didn't have to write the book, but if I really thought about how I can give back the most from a city and a world and a TV network that has given me so much mm -hmm. in the last 10 years, it was that I am not a natural born salesperson, but I figured out how to be one. Mm -hmm. And I do not believe that that people can't become a good salesperson or have a good sales side hustle. Right. And there's a lot of people that want to make more money but don't know how to. There's a lot of people who are riddled with student debt and can't right. figure out how to get a mortgage on their first home. Right. So there's a lot of issues out there that can be fixed with the simple idea of learning how to sell one thing to one person. And if right. you can do it one time, you can do it again. So even if you have a nine to five, you can go home and you can sell shoes on eBay. Right. You know, you on the weekends, you could help out a real estate agent and make five or 10% on an open house, right? right? There are little things that you can do learning to sell that'll pull you into the next income level. And I've seen it work. And I think we're in very, very, very weird economic times right now. Yeah. And I think, especially with student debt, that I saw it happen with me, right? If you're young and even if you're older, that there's, there's not just one path anymore to paying off loans. Mm -hmm. There's a thousand paths and knowing how to sell yourself and sell anything that you want to sell yeah. is an amazing way to clear that up. I, listen, I, I think you hit it right on the head. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. You know, you are you are an actor and you were looking to go places and all of a sudden you jump into the real estate market and you're right. like, yeah, all of a sudden look what it did for you, right? I was working at Red Lobster. I was a waiter, right? I, you know, and I decided to sell a couple of hats. Waiter ever. I was, I was, I was, I was really good at selling. <laughs> I decided to sell a couple of hats, and you know, whether it's somebody trying to pay off a student loan or it's those individuals who've been working in a certain industry and technology is starting to replace certain ways they do things. Uh, they can go home at night and pick up their iPhone and try to find a way to sell, and all of a sudden, yeah, it slowly grows and it compounds. But the art of selling, people think you're selling you know, only your job you're selling when, you know, jokingly you're trying to get into the bathroom before your husband or wife in the morning, yeah, right? You're sure. always selling. And yes. I think that you're empowering people by doing that. Something for me to think about as well. Thank you, man. I yeah, appreciate for sure. It. Thanks for having me. That Moment with Damon John is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from the Black Effect Podcast Network, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. And don't forget to subscribe to and rate the show. And of course, you can all connect with me on any of my social media platforms at The Shark Damon, spelt like Raymond, but what a D. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.